Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Seminole Rap Podcast on the Tomahawk Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Pellerin, back with Tomahawk Nation softball beat writing extraordinaire Gwen Rhodes for our new weekly show on the now ACC champion and number two overall national seed FSU softball team. We'll cover the draw in Tallahassee for the regional coming up as Gwen has already jumped into the numbers to get us a feel of what it looks like for the teams coming into town. But uh, I, I think, Gwen, we, we got to start with the Seminoles run to the ACC tournament. You got to be there in Pittsburgh, and, and I'm not sure we could have asked for a better weekend from the team for this show. Just uh, really exciting softball, especially that championship game, knocking off uh, Virginia, Duke, and Clemson to claim the title. Just a, a great weekend all the way around from them. Yeah, I agree. I think the the showing from the team was what a lot of people expected and what the team expected from themselves, and it turned out really well for them, and I'm really happy with the outcome, and it was great to beat Clemson again. We've never lost to them now. Um, so we have a perfect 4-0 record against the Tigers. <laughs> no, never lost to them. I, I thought would really, um, and, and I'll put myself out there, I, I only watched the championship on, on Saturday, but I think it was a great example of, of exactly what you specifically talked about last week. You know, the, the way that this team can win games in so many different ways, where you got to see the depth in the pitching, and you got to see when they were down a run there in the sixth, you see the speed come in and make a difference, tie the game up, and, and then the, the home run to go ahead and really, uh, you know, I mean, you needed every run, not every run, but you get the point, the way that, that seventh was shaping up. They had the tying and go-ahead runs there. Um, you know, you got exactly what you needed out of the team right when you needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, especially coming off the bench, a lot of people played a big role. Like, obviously, Amaya Ross, like, it was kind of mentioned earlier, like, 
that run, that game tying run doesn't really help Mac Leonard. Like maybe Mac comes up, maybe she doesn't, like maybe someone else has to make big play, but the game was tied. Mac's home run put us up three runs. Who knows? Maybe it could have been two. Um, but yeah, I think Amaya Ross uh, definitely came up big as well as Mac. Yeah, and I and I didn't uh, I I didn't ask you last week when we I ran through like all the teams in the tournament for for your scouting reports and you had one on all of them you didn't have one on Clemson or I didn't ask you for one, um, but you know I mean uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head did they win last year's tournament? No, they lost they to Duke in Dukes. the final. Yeah, uh, you know you got past the two teams who went one two last year uh, to to get there. You you obviously earned it and, and like we talked about, I mean you're playing two run what felt like postseason games the whole way through it, it's that type, the type of games. And I put it in our, in our, uh, those of you who are familiar with Slack, it's the work work group chat basically. And uh, I put it in there on Saturday. I said, this team just seems to have it, you know, it, that was in the championship game. They're down one. And I was just like, I don't think they're losing. And I don't, and I'm not sure that really felt how you felt being there, what the vibe was around the team or, or the environment. It didn't feel like, they are they were going to lose right I think you've kind of heard a bunch of different players say this I know Mac mentioned this in her post-game interview on uh, after we won but they really love playing for each other and they know like if one person's not going to get it done someone else is and I heard Michaela Edenfield say this earlier that like I forget which game it was one game they were down maybe it was Virginia Tech I don't know but they don't say oh we need to do this right now like this has to happen right now like something has to happen for us like they just go out and make it happen so they don't really put too much pressure on themselves they know they're going to come through whoever it may be they know they're going to make a big play what any any other major standouts from you from the from the trip up there in in uh pittsburgh and how they played uh anyone stand out in particular from from the way that they performed I think Janai Kerr um, is my favorite player of the tournament. Um, she has not really had that great of a season so far, um, but I think she's really gotten a lot of plate presence in this last tournament. She drew a couple walks. She got a hit or two and she drove, uh, she, she herself scored a run. So I think her going deep into counts and knowing what to swing at has really, really helped her and it's helped the team a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to that depth piece. We talked about so many times before where it just feels like they've got so many ways to win games that that really brings it all together for them and I don't know I was just very I was very impressed with with Saturday's game and, and the whole demeanor of the team it, as it seemed like in that seventh Clemson was trying to mount a comeback it just it felt like no one was rattled uh anything mm-hmm. from from coach after the game that, that really struck you or, or that did you talk to the team afterwards uh no I I had to hit the road pretty soon after <laughs> I didn't get to talk to anybody but uh yeah no, oh, fair enough. I totally get it. Um, a- a- anything else before I jump onto the regional here? Um, not really. I think Devin Flaherty had a good game, as she always does. Uh, she really knows how to come up clutch. And I was kind of thinking this earlier. She says in the five hole. I think that's like a second cleanup hitter if you have Devin Flaherty in that position. So I think she's she really really did well, and I'm glad she made all tournament team. Yeah, uh, the the ability to have that second that, that as you talked about it, the second cleanup hitter where where you're you know if. if it's not that much pressure, I guess, you know, where, where you're like, oh, it has to happen now. It has to be this at bat. You can you can get deeper in the lineup and, and get that big swing, get that big hit from them. It, it, it's it's a championship level team and, and it shows in their NCAA tournament seating. You know, they end up drawing number two seed overall behind Oklahoma, which is I, I, I don't know if it's ironic is probably not the right word, but I maybe apropos, we pick up right where we left off a year ago, Oklahoma number one and 
Florida State number two get to be, you know, hopefully down the road matching up for the title again if you know, it shakes out that way. Of course, we got a long road to go before we get there. Uh, the draw for the Tallahassee Regional. Um, let me pull it up. I lost my tab. There it is. Number one seed, Florida State. Number two, Mississippi State of the SEC. Uh, number three, USF. And number four is Howard. Um, my quick look at it, Gwen, and, and, and I, we kind of briefly talked about it before. I, I, um, in, in the way I think softball kind of fits in that, especially postseason softball, USF was the team that, that really jumped off the page more uh, than the others in this draw, even though they're the three seed. Yeah, I think I will I will preface this by saying Georgina Korik is probably my favorite player outside of Florida State softball. I love her, but I'm scared to face her if I were another team. Um, I think USF is completely two different teams with Georgina Korik in the circle and without her. Um, Georgina has 36 wins out of their 44. She's only lost five games and she's tallied two saves. So that really shows you like that they will ride Georgina no matter what, she pitched the first two games in their conference tournament and she did not pitch their championship game. They lost to UCF 11, nothing. So, and I think not only that, but just watching that conference title game, USF made a lot of defensive errors. They made a lot of mental mistakes and they weren't good at the plate. So I think having Georgina in the circle, they know like this is our leader and she is going to provide for us. And she, and she's kind of scary with the bat. I won't lie. She doesn't have a lot of at-bats in the season, but I think she's hit a couple dingers. So be scary if she's in the lineup uh, enough to scare you right and, and uh, I don't know how much of this is just her stellar pitching but but uh, when you look at it they're third in the country in ERA 1.50 uh Florida State's not far behind 114th at 1.92 but they're you know 30th in building percentage so the, they're the other team in this uh I guess mini tournament the regional that can really wield the gloves uh, close to what Florida State can the other two are in the 200s I, I just looked at it and I said that's a team that as, as the powerhouse team scares you because they've got the pitcher and, and they've, they're not, the fielding percentage tells you that they're likely not going to beat yourself though. You know, maybe like you said, when she's, if she's not in the circle, then maybe not as much, but I, I would have to imagine if they're going to beat Florida state, she's going to have to be in the circle. Yeah. And I think um, I actually saw a six, four, three charge post this back in April um, and they kind of tallied how much a team is more likely to win with a specific pitcher in the circle. And Georgina led the list out of a couple power five uh, pitchers. So their win probability was 10.5 to win when she's in the circle versus when she's not. So that's pretty good odds that they're going to win with Georgina. Yeah. I, I typically, when you see a team like this from a, a, I guess a non-power five conference, which I think baseball and, and softball are a little different in that respect, but when you see one who, who gets an at-large bid, you, you kind of figure they've got a strength, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the same with, with Howard, quite frankly, you know, their first round matchup, which when, that game, I think it's eight 30. Um, if I've got yeah. that right, eight 30 on Friday, mm-hmm. eight 30 on Friday. Yes. Um, so I, when you look at them, I mean, it's not an overwhelming power team. The ERA isn't great. The fielding percentage isn't great, but they, they're, they've got the best batting average in, in this grouping and they steal a lot of bases. Um, I, I don't know if it's a team that really should, should push Florida state. Um, but it seems like the type of team that that's going to put balls in play and, and, and try to cause problems on the base pass where, I mean, I guess if I was them, the team I would least like to see would be Florida state because they're the best fielding team in the country. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I could see how they, 
I mean, you, look, when you get to the regionals, every team is going to have something that's going to have to scare you. Otherwise, right. they just don't really belong there. But mm-hmm. I don't think this is the team that Howard wanted to see. Right. Yeah, I think, like you said, Howard isn't a big power hitting team. They only have 23 home runs. But I think Howard ha- Howard's X factor right now is the fact that I believe their tournament was double elimination. So they lost to number one seed Morgan State and they beat Morgan State twice to win the title. So I think their X factor a little bit is that comeback kid mentality that we kind of had a couple years ago um, that we still kind of have now. Um, So I think that's their driving factor to beat Florida State. Um, And like you said, we have to really tighten it up on the defense, which I'm not I'm not worried entirely because obviously we have the number one fielding uh, defense in the country. And we had a couple mishaps in the first inning of the Clemson game, but we came back and tightened that up pretty quickly. Yeah, I, 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 I know that, that, right, like you mentioned, the, that, that first inning for the Clemson game is probably in your head and you're like, oh, no, the defense, I don't know, it might be a little, it, I, it, it obviously could be, I mean, it's postseason mm-hmm. play and, and it's, it's not a one game sample size because it is a tournament, but, um, you know, that is, in the grand scheme of things, they are still at the end of the day, the number one fielding team in the country. Uh, the one team we haven't discussed was Mississippi State. Um, Nothing really jumped out at me that they, they are um, a little bit more of a power team, even even slightly more home runs per game than, than uh, Florida State. They are the other power five team coming from the SEC in this one. 89th in ERA. Um, anything really jump out at you here? It just it, it, to me, it seems like the, the SEC is a loaded conference and they're just another one of those pretty good to, to great teams in that conference. Yeah, I think what really stands out for Mississippi State is Mia Davidson. She's a senior, and she is the power hitter. She has 21 of their 69 home runs, and the next closest person has 12. So Mia Davidson really brings the firepower for that team. Um, What we can limit from her home runs, I think, like, you know, solo shots, maybe two-run home runs, I think that can really help um, if if we uh, match up against Mississippi State. Yeah, limiting limiting the base runners on in front of her and and kind of restricting those RBI chances would would, would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wonder how that shakes up. I, I really think that two three matchup will be will be interesting between them, uh, USF and Mississippi State to see. I guess that um, I don't really know if it's contrasting styles, but it, it's that it's that dominant pitching team versus the team with with the pop and, and to see which which one actually pulls it through. I guess I would worry more if I was USF because I feel like maybe they're not as built to come out of the loser's bracket because you're thinking you're, you're getting in a couple extra games on her arm. And maybe when you have got that workhorse, it, it could tire her out through too many games having to come to the loser's bracket. Yeah, I think if you're USF, you ride Georgina as long as you can. Um, but I, I do think Georgina is the type of person that's built for that type of mentality to yeah. throw as many innings as she has to like play two games out of the loser's bracket or whatever it may be. I think Georgina is that person. And I think that's what makes USF scary with Georgina in the circles that she has the mentality that she can beat anyone. And she's proven that. Yeah. It's that thing where you just look at the end of the day, FSU is the number two overall seed in the country. They're, mm-hmm. they're the team that should get through this. And, and when you look right. at the stats kind of across the board, they, 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 they're one or two in every category comparatively. And obviously these teams aren't playing head to head. So that's not, or they are playing head to head now, but haven't throughout the year. So it's not a direct apples to apples comparison, right. but in the grand scheme of things, it does come out where Florida state should be able, they should have, they check everything. They can hit for mm-hmm. the power. They can field, they can pitch. 
Um, but, you know, each of these teams has their own thing that they do well. And, and I think that's good because it gets to test you in a variety of different ways. You'll see a speed team. You'll see a power team. You'll see the, um, uh, the, 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 the average team. There it is. I was thinking it through. So it gives you a chance. Do you think that helps them at all to kind of see a variety of teams or, or maybe that there's not a lack? I mean, obviously it's a regional, but there's a, there's a lack of that like real well-rounded team. Right. I think one thing that helps is that maybe this helps, maybe it doesn't. I don't, depends on how you look at it. But FSU hasn't played any of these teams this season, but the other teams in the tournament as a whole, they've played 12 of them. So if they get past this regional, which they should, uh, they lock up with Missouri, who they've never played. Um, I don't remember exactly Missouri's bracket to see if there's anyone in that bracket. I'll pull it up. Okay, yeah. But I know a lot of the other nationally the seeded teams they have played so if we get to oklahoma city i know this is kind of putting the cart before the horse type of thing but if we get to oklahoma city and any of those 12 teams are there i think we're really well poised and if we get out of the tallahassee regional um with how we beat those teams and what we saw from those teams i think that will help well i will say this the bracket that the ncaa softball twitter account put out is is uh not the easiest thing to read it is really tiny <laughs> It's, it's also like confusingly scattered out, um, but it looks like Missouri, Missouri State, yes, um, Arizona, and mm-hmm. Illinois. Yeah, and I think Illinois, I don't want to get too much into Missouri's bracket because we're not talking about Missouri, but I think <laughs> Illinois is kind of a dark horse that could sneak out of that, um, that regional. And Arizona, we played them last year. Of course, they're not the same team this year. They have fallen off a little bit, but I think you can never count out the Wildcats ever. No, I, 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 it's one of those teams when you think college softball, it's it, Arizona does come to mind. Arizona state comes mm-hmm. to mind, uh, obviously Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> I did, you mentioned the, the team having played 12 of the uh, teams in the tournament. And, and I, I don't know if you got this stat lined up. Do you already have this one ready to go? Do I don't, I don't want to steal it from you. Of who they are. Not Yeah. Like of the teams they've played, I saw FSU softball has it on their, on the page. So I've, I've, I've got it. If you don't have it, I just didn't want to steal it from you. I don't have it pulled out, but I saw okay. it earlier, so that's why I know. Yeah, so okay, they, they faced 12 teams in the tournament, and they got a combined 19-2 mm-hmm. and two record, 14 wins over the national seeds. That's Virginia Tech and UCLA, Alabama, Oklahoma State twice. They've got Clemson four times, Tennessee, Duke, twice over Florida, and UCF. So uh, pretty good. Pretty good when you consider you're looking at the number three, number five, number six, number seven, number 10, number 11, number 12, number 14, mm-hmm. number 16. Uh, a lot of you, you've done it against a lot of these top 16 seats. Right. And I think maybe what if there is something that's detrimental to FSU in this, which I don't want to talk like I don't want to talk too much about it. But I think if you want to think that way, like what could go wrong? I think is that we faced a lot of those teams early on. Like we faced Tennessee early on. We played, we faced UCF early on, um, UCLA early on. So they're probably completely different now. Of course, we played Alabama kind of in the middle of the season so that maybe much has changed. Maybe it hasn't. Of course, we played Florida and Oklahoma State recently. Um, so I think having those quality wins later on in the season as well as the quality wins earlier on in the season can help this team power through the postseason. Yeah, it shows our strength from beginning to end of the year that you played all those right. teams, whether it was beginning or the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you mentioned not putting the cart before the horse, but you know those are all teams that you figure will probably oh. end, eventually end up. Oh. Gwen's dog making an appearance. It's all good. We're good. 
Uh, you know, those are all teams you'll probably see in Oklahoma City, you know, uh, assuming you're there or are favorites to get there. Went to, co- to go right back to the Slack. Again, it's a work group chat. Go back to the Slack. The um, Another question that I thought was interesting, and, and, I'll, and I'll pose it to you to see maybe if you got the same thought, was UCF and UF drawing seeds. I, I don't like to say Florida. I just don't. I don't like them. That's the LSU in me. But 14th seed <laughs> and 16th seed. And, and uh kind of bookending uh, avoiding avoiding Tallahassee in a fun I don't know man I think it'd have been fun for them to line up obviously you'd have the regional the the Florida regional which would have been fun um I guess maybe the the difference there is you you've already proven you you took two from Florida already uh, mm-hmm. you've already beaten UCF before so maybe maybe that plays into it in some way yeah I think it's I'm really happy that UCF got a seed. I like to see like the underdog a little bit storyline, Cinderella story, and I'm glad they got to host their first ever regional. Um, I think if UCF, I don't know exactly, I have to look what the Oklahoma City matchup is, of course, cart before the horse again, but what the <laughs> Oklahoma City matchup would be, like what that bracket would look like, because still I think it would uh, favor FSU highly since we faced a lot of those teams. Yeah, it would be, uh, I guess, the FSU side of the bracket would be Florida State. Um, they would be either Oklahoma State or Clemson would be the 7-10. Um, mm-hmm. Alabama or Tennessee would be the 6-11. And then Virginia Tech, Florida would be the 3-14. So I, it's, it's all the teams you've already played outside of yeah. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other, the other nationals that you maybe avoided – uh, that I guess that you haven't seen already would just be all the four, the eight, the nine. You're talking about Arkansas, Arizona State, Northwestern. Uh, the rest you've seen. Have you seen Washington? I don't think so. No, Washington's not on the list. So, yeah, all the ones you haven't already played seem to be on the other side. Um, mm-hmm. Which I mean, that that works out for you. You've sort of seen these teams already. Then again, it's the same. They could say they've seen they've seen your team already. So, I mean, it goes back to that that underdog, you know, comeback kid mentality you talked about. Um, one other thing I, I did want to ask you about, do you have anything else on the regional before I run to the, the big picture of the tournament at large? Um, I don't really, I didn't really, I kind of quickly threw some stuff together and I know a lot about UCF or USF. So I pulled out a lot, a lot of stuff from my brain. Yeah. So just check, check Gwen's Twitter throughout the week. I'm sure she'll put up more. It's at okay. Gwen. Okay. Gwen. Um, I'm sure we'll have more stuff on Tomahawk Nation throughout the week too. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I did look at, and and I, it was almost hard to understand. And I and I know when I when I when I started looking at the research heading into this regional, and I started looking by stats through home runs and ERAs and and, and fielding percentage, all the things, I just simply cannot believe how much better statistically Oklahoma is than everyone in every category it's unbelievable yeah and i was watching the bedlam series a couple weeks ago not the one for the tournament title but i was watching the bedlam series and i forget which game it was but oklahoma like it was a pretty close game maybe zero zero tie or something and oklahoma state just made one too many defensive errors and against oklahoma you can't do that because they literally capitalize on every single one so i they think, I mean, they know how to do everything. They know how to pitch. They know how to defend. They know how to hit. They know how to capitalize on other teams' errors. So I think Oklahoma is quite the large target 
right now. Yeah, I but I mean, I looked at it and it was it was ERA. I mean, number two in the country at ERA is UCL. We just talked about USF, right? One point mm-hmm. five. Um, that's in fifty six games. Oh, UCLA is second at a one point four five. So a, a was that a five hundredth, five one hundredths of a of a run? So a, a pretty decent gap. Uh, number one is Oklahoma with a 0.75. Like it's a full, it's half of what USF has. And I will say it's, it helps when you're not always playing full seven inning games. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like more than 50% of their wins are by the run rule. But yeah, they're dropping run rule games. Fun. So my first softball game, and this will be totally sidetracked, but my first, I, I used to be a columnist at the LSU student newspaper and two of our softball writers were out we all covered multiple sports so they were out of town so they said hey brian can you go do the softball game I'm like yeah, yeah sure so i go over there and i'm just you know i'm pre-writing the game story just like Gwen does for our, our website and stuff and I, fourth fifth inning i think it was uh, lsu hits a home run they go up 10 everybody just slaps hands and just starts shaking hands and walks away and i sat yeah. there just i started looking around like what just happened <laughs> like, like I was, if this is baseball we'd keep playing i was like i thought they went seven what happened and they were like yeah, right? run rule and i was like you could just walk off in the fifth like that's it thanks guys they were like yeah i was like all right well there you go that was uh that was brian probably 10 years ago but yeah i i was just that one that threw me for a loop but yeah i mean i guess i guess the other thing too though if you give up if you're not playing as many innings any runs you give up would then inflate the era more then if you had like a couple extra zero, like if you're winning one zero every game, I guess. If yeah, you're the thing winning... is they don't, they don't give up any runs. <laughs> right. It's, it's like nine, it's, you know, it's 10, zero, 14, yeah. zero. Well, thanks for coming guys. We got three yeah. innings out of you. The other team's like, look, do we have to go to five? Do we, can we just call it a three? Two is fine too. Uh, yeah. I mean, home runs per game. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I, obviously I think Florida state of any team in the country probably has the best chance because they're the most well-rounded in that same vein. Yeah. But it's crazy. It was just crazy to look at the numbers and see Oklahoma to be so far ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. And anything else for you, Gwen? Is, is there something team related you think is interesting that that maybe I haven't touched on that, that came up? Mm, I don't know about team, but I know just looking at the bracket, I guess I'm kind of surprised that Arizona State is seated as low as they are. I think Arizona State is looking at the very small NCAA bracket. <laughs> They're the eight seed. They've got yeah. LSU, San Diego State, and Cal State and Fullerton. I was surprised they ranked that low because they won their – if the Pac-12 is so difficult because they don't have a conference tournament. So Arizona <laughs> State won the title, but I don't know if they have a regular season or not. Um, but I know they won the title over UCLA, so I was just kind of a little bit surprised. They're the eight, um, but good for them. That's, uh, I'm kind of glad someone else from the Pac-12 was taking home a trophy, not UCLA. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, looks like they beat them in the conference regular season, twenty and four versus nineteen and five. Yep, uh, one game. Yeah, and they, the two of them were five games clear of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, and that's another one of those teams that, that you're happy to see. I think on the other side, uh, yeah. between them and UCLA, you're glad they're both over there. Um, I, I did want to come back to this one too, though. I mentioned on the on the tournament on our on our side. Um, you know, Clemson and Oklahoma State is the seven ten. Uh, again, the, the two teams you've already seen, but the idea that you've got one, two, three ACC teams that could all come out of the same side of the bracket. Uh, yeah, I'm just as overall, a national seed. Yeah, just overall, I think I'm just really happy with how the ACC is portrayed in the tournament. I'm happy to see Georgia Tech. I hope Blake Nellman wreaks havoc in Gainesville. I am rooting for her all the way. Um, 
but I'm just really happy to see the ACC well represented. That gives a lot for Florida State. And I know our losses are to North Carolina, Pitt, and Boston College, who did not even make the, the conference tournament. But I think a lot of our other wins against the other teams really help us a lot, as well as everyone else. Yeah, it's a, it's, it just shows a, a, a crazy strength in, mm-hmm. in this team, the ability to knock off excuse me, so many conference champions, so many or conference champions, so many national seeds in, in this thing. Um, yeah. The other bracket I thought was interesting was, was Clemson's. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, they go by Louisiana now, but UL Lafayette is, mm-hmm. is, is one of those teams that can hit the ball. I, I know Auburn's pretty good. I, um, I don't know anything about UNCW. I'm not even going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about there, but I thought that one looked like a, just, just on the surface. Cause I know, uh, UL Lafayette's pretty good, and, and I know Auburn as well. Um, that one looked like a tough draw for Clemson. I, I was like, okay, glad glad FSU avoided that one. Yeah, I think Clemson's like low key a gauntlet because UNC, UNCW. What I do know a little bit about is they just won their first conference tournament title ever um, in the Colonial, maybe. Um, <laughs> And they have a freshman pitcher who's supposed to be in high school right now, but she's pitching division one and she's doing really good at it. So I think if Clemson kind of sleeps on UNCW, it could bode not well for them. All right. So CAA colonial athletic conference or no, that doesn't make any sense. Colonial athletic association. You nailed it. Boom. Yep. Yeah, that uh, it sounds like a, so it sounds like maybe that needs to be an NIL deal. Someone needs to go reach out to the girl at UNCW and see if she wants to come visit Tallahassee. Get on it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I'll take any transfer. Mac Leonard has proven well for us. So if Mac Leonard can shine as well as she is, I love her. Um, Florida State can make everyone a star. It, it sounds like uh, Mike Norvell needs to reach out to Coach A on how to hit the transfer portal. Ooh, shots fired. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, a- anything else before I before I wrap it up here? Um, no, I think it's a pretty well-rounded uh, field of sixty-four, and I think FSU has a good draw, a hard draw. I'm not surprised, um, but I think the Knolls know how to fight it out. They know how to what it takes to win against these teams. And I think they will prove well again on national TV as they always do. Yeah. I, um, I should probably give the time of the game. I just had it up a second ago. I didn't do that before eight 30. Uh, they're on ESPN plus. So, um, huh. That's interesting that they're on ESPN plus and USF and Mississippi States on ESPN. U. is that right? I don't know. I didn't look at the TV assignments. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now on their website. It says, um, Florida State will begin uh, against Howard at 8.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Mississippi State and USF are the other two teams and will play on Friday at 6 on ESPNU. Well, okay. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and chalk that up to ESPN not giving Howard any credit. That's what I'll do. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. You can watch the the other one on ESPNU, the 2-3 matchup, and then you can scramble to your laptop or tablet and find your ESPN Plus subscription for the 8.30 start. Again, that's on a Friday. Um, plus, you could just probably follow Gwen. Again, that's on Twitter at OKOKAY, Gwen, G W Y N. Um, any other plugs you need? No, I'm just pretty much there in Tomahawk Nation. So cool. Same with us. Tomahawk Nation is the only place you'll find me. Um, I'm also on Twitter, though, but it's it's mostly not Florida State stuff, as Gwen will eventually find out. Um, so, yeah, appreciate you guys giving a listen. We'll obviously be here hopefully weekly through the end of the season, which Hopefully carries us through for a couple more weeks here. 
um, through Oklahoma City and, and maybe an eventual rematch with Oklahoma. Fingers crossed. I won't jinx it. Knock on wood. All the things. There you go. Well, I won't hate if it's not Oklahoma as well. Yeah, I not Oklahoma. Someone else takes care of that for us. Yeah. Also, not Oklahoma. So uh, appreciate you listening. Go ahead and make sure you're following, rating, reviewing, subscribing, all the things you're supposed to do for podcasts. Uh, again, you can also tweet either one of us or you can comment on the article. Let us know what you think. If you want to hear more from, more hear about, hear more about your thoughts, let us know. We'll, we'll check it out and, and we'll respond. I'm, I'm pretty active in comments on the articles. And if not, I can force Gwen to be too. So <laughs> let us know what you think. And uh, we'll be back again next week, hopefully talking about a super regional matchup against Missouri, Missouri State, Illinois, Arizona State. Is that right? I don't know. Arizona, one, two, one. Arizona, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll find out next week, I guess. So uh, for Brian Peller and Gwen Rhodes, that's a wrap. 